1: Hello, this is Anthony Fasano and this is the show for engineers who want to succeed in both work and life. All right, in today's episode, I'm going to be interviewing a listener or helping a listener, Scott Tracy, who started his own business, CADDesignHelp.com, on the side while he was doing engineering work, and it kind of took off. And he in the business. But now, of course, he's getting into challenges that all entrepreneurs get into is how do I scale my business? And I'm going to try to help him out. So before I introduce Scott and get into the main segment of our show, I want to take a moment to recognize our sponsor for today's episode, PPI. If you're thinking about taking the FEP or SE exam, I recommend that you check out PPI, the leader in engineering exam prep. PPI is offering a special 20% discount to listeners of this podcast. Use promo code COACH at ppi2pass.com. Again, that's PPI, the number two pass.com and use the promo code coach for a 20% discount. So as I said, Scott contacted us through the website. He's been a listener of the show and he wanted to get a little help. So let me tell you a little bit about Scott before we dive into my exchange with him. Scott Tracy is the president of caddesignhelp.com. His company specializes in 2D, 3D CAD work, product design, 3D printing, and prototyping, which is an extremely interesting topic in itself. He has about 10 years of experience in product design and got his undergraduate degree in mechanical engineering from Virginia Tech in 2007 and also his MBA from East Carolina University in 2014. Before starting his company, he worked for United Pet Group in Blacksburg, Virginia, where he designed pond and aquarium equipment like pumps, filters, and plastic decorations. Then he worked for Bosch Home Appliances, where he was the engineer responsible for designing the control panels for all the dishwashers. While working there, he also attended MBA classes from ECU in the evenings. He then moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, made a little bit of a career change. When he was working at Bosch, he decided that his career goal was to be his own boss one way or another at the time he didn't know what was going to look like exactly whether it was a business or whatever the case might have been but he did know that eventually it was probably going to be running his own company and that he needed to learn how to sell so when he moved to Charlotte, he took a sales job as an engineer for a technology company and while working that job he read both the four-hour work week and the 100 Hundred Dollar startup and that's where he got the idea and more importantly the motivation to start cad design help Com. He started the site, he found some clients while working full-time, and he built up the business to the point where he can leave his full-time sales engineer position in October 2015, which brings us to today. So now I'm going to talk to Scott and try to help him to build his business. And I'm going to give you one quote to take us right into the interview, which is this. An organization, no matter how well designed, is only as good as as the people who live and work in it. And that's from Dehok. All right, let's do it. All right, now it's time for our main segment of the show. And I'm excited to have Scott Tarsian. You just heard his bio, I had an undergraduate degree in engineering, did some design work and then decided to kind of make a little bit of a shift. Relocated, took a sales job, and then kind of on the side, built up his company, which is awesome that he's an entrepreneur and he decided to build a company up on his own. And he's doing it now. He's got caddesignhelp.com. He's trying to grow it. And we're going to talk a little bit here about trying to grow the companies. Scott, welcome to the Engineering Career Coach Podcast.
0: Thank you, Anthony. Glad to be on. All
1: right. So, Scott, you reached out to me because you're building your business. And just for everyone out there, for the listeners, just Give us a little bit of a description of your business and who you serve so we understand that going in here.
0: So I started it with my first clients out of a group in Charlotte called the Inventors Network. So these are um, just individuals who, you know, they want to invent things. And I just found this group, and I thought it would be a great place to kind of network. And so there was a guy there the very first meeting I went to, and he had this design in SolidWorks. Or, you know, partially finished, in in progress, and I, some other CAD designer dropped out on him or something. And so he, you know, when I started talking to him, I said, "Yeah, and I can definitely help you." That's where it started, and then from there, where it really grew was I I found this website Thumbtack.com, and then there was a lot of other people like him where they had inventions, and there's also you know businesses that need help. I mean, there was an example of a company here in Charlotte that needed, they were they were uh, stamping out individual like elbow pads, knee pads, these fiberglass. Elbow pads, knee pads, these kind of things, and they were stamping them out one at a time. And they got a laser cutter, and the guy, they don't have an engineer at that company. And the guy was like, "Oh, I need a DXF file. I don't even know what that is." So he Google searched it, and because I set my website up website up pretty well, he was able to find me, you know, you know, from searching what that was. And then I, you know, obviously met with the guy. I talked to him, explained, you know, what that I could help him out, and then I created those files. So that's just kind of an example of some of the different uh, people and companies I've worked for.
1: So do you find that you typically serve like smaller companies, individuals that are looking to have this CAD work done?
0: Yeah, so you have the two main groups I have in my market are really the inventors, like I talked about, people that have a product design or something like that they want to get created or you know, even just like getting parts 3D printed. And then the other group is these companies, and it's usually the smaller ones that don't have a full-time engineer or maybe only one engineer on staff, and they just don't have the time or the maybe necessarily the software or the expertise to handle, you know, jobs that come up here and there. So I do a lot of my, um, you know, my business development around, you know, cold calling and reaching out to these kind of companies because I've just realized that's a really good segment to kind of market myself to.
1: All right. So, you know, most of our listeners of course are engineers and you might be out there listening and, pretty much Scott was in a position where he was doing design work and he wanted to start his own business. And, and maybe you either want to start your own business or you want to have some kind of a side income that you can work on. So this show may be applicable for that to give you some ideas for building a business. Cause that's kind of what we're going to talk about is how Scott can, can grow his business. So Scott, why don't you fire off any questions you have for me or, and we can just start kind of getting into building
0: it. At this point I've scaled this to where I've probably got it on an average week five six projects going on, and I can't even do them all. So I've found you know a group of contractors, about three guys that, and one of them's local, but but two of them are not. Where I can give them work and they can kind of do the work for me, and so you know they kind of make me money while I'm making myself money, but I still find myself really kind of scattered and not necessarily super organized. Like for example, even today I probably spent three hours looking up equations on calculating a gear to solve this problem before I even necessarily had the job. But at the same time, I've realized that if I do a little bit of work up front for people before they give me any money that I usually end up getting the job. So it's like I'm trying to figure out the best way to use my time and not kind of lose track of things and and be as organized as I can.
1: Well, let me ask you this. How much time do you spend on business development versus actual doing CAD and drafting work, roughly? Do you have an idea?
0: At the beginning, I was like, I just did all the work because I didn't have that much coming in. But now I've realized, like I said, to scale it, I've got to make sure I keep hustling all the time to keep looking at new jobs. So what uh, I probably spend 50% or more, maybe 50 to 60% on business development, which I don't necessarily hate doing, but I really like doing the CAD work as well. So I'm trying to balance it like 50, 50 would be fine. Uh, it just seems like the business development is much more time consuming because you're at the call. These people, you got to do quotes, you know, but that, I mean, it just seems like the nature of the game.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that one of the things to think about is the actual model. So tell me as far as the way your business works now, it sounds like you get a customer and then you would give them a price, and then you'll proceed with the work. So everyone's getting customized pricing or proposals. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, pretty much. Okay. At the beginning, I would spend probably more time trying to calculate the price, and now I've kind of gotten to where, like, if I see, let's say, for example, it's one plastic molded part, no parts that have to fit together. It's a pretty simple design. You know, that might be a two-hour job. Or I kind of know what it is now based on – like how many parts have to fit together? If there's moving parts, does it need all the draft and this kind of stuff for, for injection molding? So I've kind of got to the point where I can somewhat come up with a price quickly, but I still got to dig in and like look at each case by case to to really come up with what I think is a good you know competitive bid and not you know not underbid it but not overbid it.
1: Okay. And the reason I'm asking is because what I've seen as far as people having some success that might be helpful for you is to scale a business like this would be to come up with a good pricing model. So somebody becomes a recurring customer. So it could be like, you know, they pay you X amount of dollars a month and they get up to X hours of design work. And then you try to build up this stable of recurring customers so that, you know, okay, I need something, I'm going to submit it. Now it might not work for everybody, but you'll have an option where like, oh, you know, you just paid me $500 this month. You know, we have a recurring membership that's $300 every month and you get up to X hours of work. And by doing that, what it would do is it might like minimize some of the back and forth work that takes some of your time. And it also may cut down a little bit on your sales time because if you could sell someone once... And they think they're going to come back to you repeatedly. they might go for like a recurring type of membership or contract
0: yeah that's uh never I haven't thought about that, but that's actually good advice. The only issue I see with that is that the recurring work is is kind of sporadic, so most of the work I get is actually new new customers. I mean people do come back, but it's like a guy might have me do some work, and then three months later he comes back, and that's nothing in between. so the only issue with that I would see is if no one's going to want to pay for three months that they know they're not going to do anything. And so maybe you could do it where if they need work that month or for the next 30 days, they, they pay that price, then maybe that's an option. Most of the customers I have don't have that much recurring work to where I could see them you know, possibly wanting to pay every month.
1: One of the things you could consider doing too, and again, obviously we're just brainstorming stuff, but if you do decide to go in a direction where you're servicing some of these companies that maybe have or giving you drafting work because they don't have the staff or whatnot, it might work well for them because that's a company that might know that they're going to have a project for the next six to 12 months that they're going to need help with. And you might be able to say to them, listen, I'll give you a discount on the hourly work if I know you can commit to six to 12 months at this much per month. So it's just something to think about to cut down on some of the administrative and sales work and keep that going.
0: Well, the other thing I like about the you know what you're basically presenting is the su- subscription model is that if it kind of levels out or evens out my income in the sense that like, I know that I'm going to have this. Exactly. So, you know, that's kind of a nice thing to have as well. So that's, that's a good idea. I think I might pitch a couple of the companies that have been, you know, more often and then, you know, go that way and see, uh, see if they go for it.
1: Yeah. And I would really think about systematizing as much as you can. So, one option would be this recurring subscription plan. But if that's not the case, then click here and put in your information and we'll get you a proposal. You read the four-hour work week, so you know kind of the drill of trying to do some good systems and good operating procedures. But let's talk a little bit about your average day. And so maybe we can think about some of the things that you can outsource or or optimize a little bit. Tell me how an average day looks for you.
0: Well, there's a, a lot of variation, but I would say it's, a big part of my income and, and where I really get a lot of it coming in from is this website Thumbtack. So I kind of have to keep my phone near me all the time because these jobs come in. And the way Thumbtack works is that the first five people to put their quote in get it locked in. So you have to be quick. I mean, you have to respond less than a minute. And that's a longer than average time. Normally, you have about 20 seconds to get it in.
1: Wow.
0: So I, I just have to be ready to go. and So it's a bit of a distraction. But at the end of the day, like, I get so much of my work, probably 80% of it comes from that site. And a lot of times, unfortunately, it is just, you know, one-off jobs, so that recurring model doesn't work. Um, But, so I have that going on. But, you know, like, for example, today I've got, you know, a pretty big project that I'm working on that I would like to outsource, but I spent so much time on the phone before this project kicked off with the guy to understand how it works, because it was, his sketches were so confusing to me, that if I had to go and give this to one of my contractors, it would take me t- five hours to explain it all. So it's going to be, this is one of the situations where this project would be better for me to go in and do like four or five hours of CAD work, get like a basic model built, And then my plan is probably to hand it off and have one of my other guys finish it because then he'll be able to understand without me explaining for hours and hours how it's going to work. So that's kind of like, you know, it's probably going to be three or four hours today of that. And then there'll probably be a couple thumbtack things that come in and that'll be a couple of hours. And then I kind of want to try different things. It's kind of nice being your own boss. Like I have just started a podcast called the Engineering Entrepreneur. So I'm trying to do that once a week. I mean, I literally just have two episodes now. So I'm going to do a recording with my second guest, I think either today or tomorrow. And then um, I guess kind of the last thing uh, I've got going on today is I just got a brand new 3D printer in that I've got to kind of set up and and I want to get some stuff going because some of the other things I do like on the side is I kind of invent I invent my own products and I'm selling a couple of things right now on eBay that I invented and uh with this new three D printer, I've got a couple of designs that I've had already modeled up, but I had been able to three D print because I've always been waiting on this thing to come in. So that's kind of what I got laid out in front of me today. Okay. And tomorrow might be, you know, similar but probably different things going on.
1: All right. So first of all, before I dive in on this, what are your goals as far as this business, the CAD design help business, if this business did really well, and let's just say like a year from now the business was doing really well, what does that mean? What does that look like to you?
0: What I say what it looks like to me is that I'm making, and, and right now I'm on pace for that, but I'm making at least what I made, you know, working as an employee, but having the freedom of time and location. So I don't ever want this, I don't ever want to work myself into a quote unquote job. You know, I, I listen to a lot of different podcasts, lifestyle design, like the four-hour work week. And I kind of want that to be the case. I, I mean, I'd, if I had to choose between, you know, working 80 hours a week and having a million dollars a year or a lot less but having a lot more time, I'd choose the time. So I'm trying to set it up to where I can automate more of this stuff, where I can have other people do more of the work, and I can kind of pick and choose the projects I really want to do. And I've kind of gotten there, but like I've explained – of like how my day was going today with doing that research on the gear and stuff like i still get kind of caught into some of these time sucks where it seems like i i'm just always kind of behind schedule at least in my mind behind schedule so that's kind of the challenge where i'm at i feel like i need like a va or somebody to kind of handle some of these administrative things i just haven't figured out like necessarily the best way to do it
1: what are your strengths
0: my strengths um i feel like i'm i'm really good at Kind of landing the job. I really don't mind, you know, calling somebody, you know, to talk to them about their project and really listening to what they need and doing some work up front for them. I think I feel like that has really kind of gotten me to where I am. Versus just, you know, like kind of I've listened to in podcasts before. People say, you know, do some service up front, you know, give, and then you'll get back. So I feel like that has been a great strength. And then, and then the other thing I would say is just my creativity. I just ever since I started doing this, I just feel like I've come up with a lot of you know, good ideas and and helped other people with their ideas. And and that's what I really enjoy as well is doing the work in the sense that, like, I really get to be creative in designing things and figuring out solutions.
1: I think that going back to kind of your day that you talked about, it sounds a little bit back and forth, which probably is normal for all entrepreneurs. You got to put out fires. You got different things going on. I think that one of the things you should really get clear about is, you know, what you want this business to become and what you want your lifestyle to become, which it sounds like you have some good ideas and try to build the business that way. So like this thumbtack thing, I'm not a huge fan of the idea that you have to get these things in in 20 seconds and they're constantly going off on your phone. You have location freedom, but you don't necessarily have time freedom all the time if you've got to deal with that. Now if you become like mainly in charge of business development and that's your job for that part of the day to sit there and respond to those things. And that's one thing. And it may be something that you could eventually teach someone else how to do, which is a good thing. But what I would do from your standpoint right now is I would first of all, think about how much revenue you want to earn. And I know you said like you want to kind of make what you could make working with your job, which is fine, but maybe that's just what you want to do now. Maybe in two years or three years, you want to have more revenue. So I would try to think of what kind of revenue are you talking about longer term? Like what can you actually scale this up to? And in order for you to do that, what does the business have to look like? Because you don't want to do half a million, million dollars and want to be sitting there all day with a thumbtack. So does that mean that you're going to have someone who's focusing on that and it's subbed out to them and you're going to be doing less drafting stuff? So I think so. these are some things that I think you need to consider and think about how you can build the business in a way that the revenue will be there. And you don't have to necessarily be sitting there waiting for thumbtacks or sitting there all day doing different things. Like you said, you don't want to build a job for yourself, basically. Yeah. I think the subscription model can work, not in all instances, like we said, but maybe in some instances it can definitely work. And maybe when you grow large enough, you'll be able to have like one CAD person. It could even be a VA virtually. And you can primarily do the business development because it sounds like that's where your strengths are. You're good at talking to people, laying things out. It'll just take some time, obviously, to get someone trained up and working and drafting like you. But I think that the key thing is is thinking about how you can build it so there is a little bit of potential time freedom.
0: Yeah, the the thumbtack is just the main source of where the income comes in right now. So I can't really lay off of that. But the the subscription idea is really good. So if I had $2,000 a month recurring, I wouldn't really need to worry about the thumbtack as much. So if I could find somebody who's willing to respond to these things and I could teach them how to do it, then that would would free me up a lot from the distractions.
1: I think for the short term... The thumbtack is a good thing because, I mean, obviously it's giving you 80% of your revenue and it maybe it's going to be the what's building your business and generating revenue while you look into other things like the revenue model and other things. So that's a great thing. And, and who knows, maybe it's going to be good long-term revenue too. And like you said, you can train someone to try to do some of the pricing and the bidding on it, which I, I think would be good. I think one of the other things you should think about doing is how much energy and time you want to focus on this business because you know it sounds like there's other things you have going on designing things on eBay you're doing a podcast
0: yeah for sure
1: I know this is a problem with entrepreneurs because I'm an entrepreneur myself and we tend to get involved in a lot of different things and we get excited about something and we try to do something But if you're going to do something like a podcast, make sure you're clear on why you're doing it, what you're going to get out of it, how's it going to benefit you, and how's it going to affect the CAD business positively or negatively.
0: Yeah, I've thought about that. I mean, it should help in the sense that, you know, if I generate an audience, people will be hearing from me, you know, I'll probably have more stuff coming in. And then, you know, also just it becomes somewhat passive income in the sense that if you can build it up to where you've got, you know, sponsors, then that's another source. So... Trying to diversify my income was another goal with the podcast. It wasn't the only goal, but the reason I called it is the Engineering Entrepreneur Podcast is because there really wasn't a podcast out there. I mean, yours is similar, but in the sense that it's all about kind of inventors and, and people that are generating businesses or revenue off of you know what I call engineering, designing something or creating something. So I kind of wanted to do that just because that was kind of a hole in the market that I saw for podcasts. I said, well... Well I'll do something
1: about it, so I think that's great. I mean one thing I would just think about, and I don't want to like you know put a wrinkle in your podcast, but if it was me doing that, I think it's a great idea. I think it could be a marketing tool for your business. I think like you said, it could build you a following, and then people could potentially hire out your company to do designs for them. But you might even want to make the podcast more geared towards inventors as opposed to engineering entrepreneurs because to me, engineering entrepreneurs is a little unclear because it could just be like engineers that want to start their own business but I would assume that your customers aren't only engineers. They're inventors. There could be anyone, scientists, anyone that has an invention. So if you had a podcast like on how to bring your inventions to life or something, then you're going to have a whole audience of people that want to invent products. And the next thing they're going to need to invent products is someone to draw them for them.
0: Yeah. I I mean, I originally had it named like the inventor entrepreneur or something, but it didn't sound good to me. So I was like, I'll call it the engineering entrepreneur. But yeah, I know what you're saying. I didn't, I don't want it to be exclusively engineers, but I guess if I have the title that way, people might think it's that way. So maybe I need to change the title.
1: If you just tell me that title, then to me it sounds like it's a show for engineers that want to start their own business.
0: Which yeah, is, it's not exclusively that. It could be that, but it's not exclusively that.
1: So that's something to maybe think a little bit about. Just really like, you know, if you think the CADDesignHelp.com has potential. You have good revenue goals for it. I would try to put all your energy into it. And if you're going to do a podcast, I would make sure that the podcast is very, is part of the marketing plan for that business and can generate revenue for that business. If you're doing products and stuff, maybe they could somehow tie into that business because I think that that's the biggest drawback, not for you specifically, but for entrepreneurs in general, speaking from my own experience is that, you know, you've just chasing too many shiny objects.
0: Yeah, I agree. I don't want to get to try too many different things.
1: And then also I saw when you, when you contacted me, another question you had about was possibly becoming an adjunct professor.
0: Yeah, I did uh, apply to a few local community colleges. I had heard on, on a different podcast about you know people kind of doing that. And I, and I know from my own experience that it seems like if you teach online courses, if you build it one time, it's very hands-off at that point. I mean, it's almost like an automated system where the only thing you really need to do is kind of just answer student questions, and I said, well, that may, not, that may not be a bad idea. So I've kind of applied. I haven't heard anything back. I'm not going to put too much effort into that, but it was something that piqued my interest. So I went ahead and sent my resume and information to a couple of local colleges around here in Charlotte.
1: Now, is the reason for that for revenue purposes, for monetary purposes?
0: I would say so. I'm trying to find ways to just, like I said, to build more passive income. I mean, one of the things I'm currently in the middle of is building a SolidWorks tutorial course for a website called Pluralsight. They had actually reached out to me and said, hey, you know, we see that you use SolidWorks. We're looking for some some tutors on this stuff. You know, do you want to build an online course? And I said, well, that's that would be a good, you know, recurring passive income model because they'll pay me when it gets done and then I'll get royalty payments on each download. So, yeah, I'm in the middle of that right now as well.
1: I like that approach a lot better than the adjunct professor just because, I mean, I've heard some stories about adjunct professor and I think it is a lot of work. I think you got to set stuff up. I think you start dealing with all the students contacting you. I mean, if you love teaching and you want to become a professor, that's one thing. But if you're trying to make a little bit of extra money, I think doing these courses that you spoke about is going to be a much better avenue for doing that. And also it'll help. Again, it's going to help with your business because you might get business out of that from the people that are poking around on the videos. And then I know the last thing that you mentioned in your email to me was the idea of doing presentations to bring in business. Have you done that? Or is that something you're looking into?
0: Yeah, I have done this. And this has actually been pretty um, significant for me as well. I've done this three times. The very first time was with the group in Charlotte, the inventors group that I told you about, because I had already been going to the meetings for about six months. The president of the club actually had approached me and said, hey, you know, we want to we want to redo the board members or there's one guy that wants to leave, you know, do you want to step up and become a board member of the group? And I said, yeah, you know, I'm invested in this group. I will do that. And so I did that. I became a board member and I, you know, I did a presentation on, you know, 3d modeling and design. And there's actually these inventor groups. There's actually at least one in every state of the country, pretty much in some states, more than one, depending on how many cities there are. So I, um, I'm originally from Pittsburgh and I went up there earlier this summer to just kind of see my parents and stuff. And so when I was there, I set up a presentation for the Pittsburgh Inventors Group and did the, you know, pretty much the same presentation on, you know, you know, designing products, bringing them to market, this kind of thing. So I've reached out to other inventors groups around. You know, there's a, it's called the UIA, United Inventors Association, and they have a list. And I've been emailing and making calls to these other groups and just trying to set up remote Skype presentations where I can just do the same presentation to them. So that's some of the things. I, but I would like to do. You know, even more of these and possibly in, in person, preferably you know, locally, just because it's the technology issues of trying to do a presentation to a large group remotely. In my mind, I haven't done it yet, but in my mind, I feel like it's going to be it's going to be some issues with that. So I'd be open to either one. But but yeah, this is something that I found has been really good, because when you get up there in front of people and you talk about what you know, you establish a lot of credibility. It's a great way to you know, meet people that need your work or, or to meet people that can help you out as well. Terms of like you know maybe more another contractor that uses SolidWorks or does design or three D printing. So yeah, it's just kind of I'm just looking to do more of that, and I don't know if maybe you have some ideas on. I kind of work more of these presentations.
1: What I would recommend doing is keep doing what you're doing, and just try to make sure that whenever you do get up in front of people, that you try to do so in front of the right group of people. Your time's limited. Your time's valuable. You want to make sure that if you're going to speak to an audience, that's an audience that's going to be interested in what you're speaking about and could potentially buy your services. I you mean, know, I made that mistake too in, in doing talks and preparing and spending time for talks that I, I didn't get paid for. And at the end of the day, I really didn't get exposure to the right people. So just make sure that you go in front of inventors groups and people that are going to need your services and come up with a very valuable presentation that you can give to them. And on the back end, maybe you'll get some business about it, but there's no doubt it's a good thing. Just like uh, publishing something, whether you publish an ebook or a book on Amazon or something that can also get you a lot of credibility and then you could speak with the book. So there's definitely things you can do. And we've had some recent episodes on establishing yourself as a thought leader and an expert in the field, which I think you should definitely, you know, check out and try to do that. But really like overall, Scott, I think like you've done a great job. I mean, you're basically replacing your job income with this CAD design help business, which is awesome. It sounds like it's a service that needed. And it sounds like if you keep, continue to brainstorm and work on it and maybe consider some of the things we talked about, there are definitely ways to better automate a business like this. Every business I think has challenges for automation and there's always things you can automate, but it sounds like in this regard there can be and you know, looking into the subscription model or at least where you can use a subscription model looking into some products for passive incoming courses, developing a course. I really like that idea on some of these, like the Linda.coms or whatever these websites are that you can put courses up. I think these are great ways for you to get your name out there and also earn some revenue. Is there anything that you could tell our listeners or advice you could give for engineers out there that are thinking about either starting their own business or trying to earn some, some side revenue that you've just taken out of your experience so far?
0: I think, the main thing is people always want to wait for the, for the right time and I guess what just got me going was I was just tired of the corporate world, tired of my time and location being controlled so much and I think I read a book the hundred the100 startup and it talked about you know like if you have a skill that you can monetize you know just start doing it so you know I got in there and started doing it and, and it got crazy to the point where I left that job finally at the end where I was working 80 hours a week between every evening, every weekend at home, doing the CAD design. And, you know, at the time, I hadn't replaced my income fully, but I knew or I was 95% sure that once I freed up the other 40 hours a week that I was spending at this job, I would be able to do it. And sometimes you got to take that leap of faith. I like, in the four-hour work week, Tim Ferriss says, what's the worst case scenario? Like, so many people think, oh, my God, if I quit my job like I, and I have one month, you know, I don't make enough money. It's like, unless you haven't saved up any money, you could probably make it for a little while. Like, I know for a fact that when I left my job, I could have made nothing for a year and probably been okay. Now, maybe not everyone has that much saved up, but even if you have three or four months, you know, go for it. And then if if the worst case scenario really is you just go back and find another job. I mean, there's always, especially if you're an engineer, you know, there's always demand for engineers out there from what I've seen. So in my mind, when I left the job, the bigger risk was not leaving the job, to be honest with you, because I wasn't happy there. I wasn't happy working in a cube eight hours a day and I said it's a bigger risk to spend, you know, the limited years of, that we have on this planet being unhappy than it is to take you know take the chance and go out there and do it. And then, you know, like I said already said, if worst case scenario, I just go back and get a job again anyway. So, you know, I, I think that's, you know, my advice to people is don't worry so much about it. I mean just start doing it. And you know, if you're good at what you do and, and you help people out and provide value you know, if things are going to move forward, I mean, you'll get momentum.
1: That's great. Well, Scott, I think you're doing a great job with caddesignhelp.com. I hope you continue to build it, keep in touch and and let us know how you're building it. And thank you. Thanks for reaching out to me and coming on the podcast.
0: Thanks, Anthony. So I'm really glad I could come on.
1: All right. So now we're going to jump into the take action today segment of the show. I'm going to round this one out with a couple of pieces of advice for trying to generate some income on the side while doing your engineering job. All right, I hope you enjoyed my exchange there with Scott. Now it's time for our take action today segment of the show where I want to build on that exchange and I want to give you some pointers for how to generate some side income if that's something you want to do while working as an engineer. But before I do that, I would like to offer a word from today's sponsor, PPI. Engineers often ask me what exam prep materials or review courses they should use when preparing for the FEPE or SE exam. Hands down, I recommend PPI. I personally use PPI's materials to pass my exams, and I recently had a chance to demo their review courses. It's why I feel confident recommending PPI for those of you planning to take the next step in your career. PPI is offering a special 20% discount to listeners of this podcast. Use promo code COACH at ppitopass.com. Again, that's PPI, the number two, pass.com, and use the promo code COACH for a 20% discount. All right, so you're an engineer. You want to make some extra money. What can you do? Well, the first thing that i recommend is to try not to do anything on the side if you can. It just takes away a lot of focus, time, and energy. So the first thing I would consider doing is trying to make more money in your current position. That might mean asking for a raise. That might mean taking on additional responsibilities, opening a new service line. That's going to be your best bet Because you start to open up a side business, it just causes all more distractions. Now, that being said, if you want to build a side business that's going to eventually replace your income and become your full-time job like Scott did, then by all means, go for it. And here's some things to think about. Try to do something that minimizes the number of people you need to contact. If you're trying to do something on the side and you have to end up dealing with 10, 20, 30 people, you're not going to maximize your time. Try to do something where you can maybe work more on the computer or you could do writing. I've met engineers that might write articles for websites on the side and they get paid per site visit, things like that, that you can do where you don't have to get involved with a lot of people. That's a very big one. Try to do something that's not time dependent right? So if you do a side job where you go and work at a place at night, then you've got to go there every night. But maybe you can do something on your own time. So you could either do it early in the morning, you could do it at night, or one day if you have off from work, you can work on it all day, right? Think about time flexibility. That's a big one. The other point I'll give you is try to do something where you can leverage the internet. I've had the opportunity to build quite a few online businesses and podcasts, and I really enjoy doing it. And the power in leveraging the internet is that there's millions of people online that you could potentially get access to in the matter of minutes. Like just this recording that I did here with Scott, half hour, 40 minutes is going to probably reach 40 to 50,000 engineers. So if you want to do something and make a little extra money on the side, think about something you can do so you can leverage the internet. I hope you enjoyed the episode today with Scott. We always love to hear feedback. This will be at engineeringcareercoach.com forward slash CAD help, C-A-D-H-E-L-P, all lowercase, one word, CAD help. You can check out the points that we talked about and most importantly, leave questions for Scott or myself and we will monitor that page and respond to you. And Should you want to come on the show or you have questions for us, just go to engineeringcareercoach.com and click the Ask Us tab and you may be the next guest on the Engineering Career Coach podcast.